Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and this opportunity to gather here in your house to hear your word, to spend time in your word, to receive your gifts from you. So Lord, speak to us in the power of your word this day to remind us of the joy that is ours. A joy celebrated throughout this week at Vacation Bible School, but a joy that we can celebrate each and every Sunday as we rejoice in the gifts of God and the fellowship that we have with those who are fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, may we have just as much joy as the children did this week. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week was Vacation Bible School, and you can see the, uh, the image and the theme for the week. It was Game On. So it was a very much a sports-related, athletic-focused theme by which we, to these 237 children, allowed them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I was thinking about that, it's very appropriate in the type of culture that we live in today to have a sports-based VBS theme. Because we live in a very sports and athletically inclined culture. It's all around us. This past summer, if you were following along, it was the World Cup, wasn't it? You know, all those teams, well, except the United States who didn't make it, but every other country pretty much had their team who was in this, uh, the World Cup and was seeking to, to gain one trophy. And that's the picture of the French team. France won the World Cup. You can see they were all going for that one golden trophy. And only one team got a trophy at the end. And think about that. There are so many sports where instead of having first place, second place, third place medals, where only one team gets the trophy. The World Cup, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Tournament of Nations, which uh, is uh, another soccer tournament. There's just one trophy. And it's a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of hours, a lot of preparation. You know, these teams don't just show up and hope it all comes together. They spend a lot of time preparing and striving for this one trophy. And then they keep their eye on the prize. Because at the end, there is only one prize, and they keep their eye on the prize, and they fix their eyes on it, and they strive for it day in and day out, early mornings and late nights, hard practices in the heat, just to win the prize. But if you think about it, that's our life as well. You and I, all of us, strive for a prize at the end of what we're working for. In our life, that could be some of us are striving for a promotion, or we're striving for a raise, or we're striving to grow our company, or we're striving to gain notoriety, or we're striving to grow in a relationship, or we're striving so that our children accomplish something, or we're striving for a marriage, or we're striving for retirement, and that's our prize. Some of you are striving for a vacation, and that's your prize. You're striving for graduation, or education, or retirement. But we all strive for a prize. In fact, that's why so many people are willing to put in long days and early mornings and late nights at work because they are striving for a prize. And so as you think about this, the question I want to ask you is, what prize are you running after? What are the prizes that you are running after in your life? When we heard the epistle lesson, as Paul is talking to the church in Corinthians, which is a very sports-related text, the people of Corinth would have been very familiar with athletics. In fact, it was a part of a foundational part of their culture as well. 
Because at that time in, in ancient Greek, they had four major sporting events. Two of them, which were the two top pinnacle events, happened in opposite every other year. So, so the Olympics happened every four years. And then in between there, they had what were called the Ismanian Games. And at those Isthmanian games, they took place in Corinth and they were kind of like the halfway point between the Olympics. And so athletes would prepare 10 months out of the year and then would finish their last two months of training, training in Corinth in running and boxing and wrestling and all sorts of track and field games just to get the prize. In fact, that's why if you go to many Greek cities, they would have structures such as this the Colosseum, or structures such as this, their stadium, where they would do their track and field races and people would gather there and they would cheer them on all so that they could win the prize. They were obsessed with competition. Not so different from today, is it? It's very much the culture in which we live today. In fact, they say one of the top reasons that families miss church today it's because they miss it to go to a sporting game, a sports activity, a basketball tournament, a soccer tournament, things like that, that, that athletics is actually the number one competition with church for the time and the attention of families in America today. We live in a sports-focused culture. And into that culture, we hear Paul speak. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one of them receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Now notice what he says here, he says, he says there's only one trophy at the end of the day for those that run in the races, which is what they would have experienced if they went to the Olympics or the Ismanian Games, is, is that there was only one winner. There were no participation trophies. I know America loves participation trophies today, but, but there was no participation trophies. There were no second place trophies. You didn't get a trophy for just showing up at the event. It was the winner and only the winner who got it. And so when they worked for this, when they worked 10 months out of the year for this, there was an uncertainty if at the end of the day, would they be the one that comes home with the trophy or not? And so they fixed their eyes on the uncertainty of a prize that they didn't know that they were ever going to receive. And Paul's going to say, I want you to fix your eyes on that trophy, on that prize as well. But I want to tell you about a better trophy, a better prize, something that is greater for you and for your family, for your children and for your life. There is a greater prize to fix your eyes upon. But as you're running this race, don't just run it for fun. He's going to say, run it to win. Run it to be in it, meaning give everything you have. Don't just go out for a nice evening stroll. But as you're running the race of faith, run it fully with all that you have. So he goes on and he continues and he says this. So every athlete, therefore, exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. For them, their prize at these games was this. And so if you won the, the wrestling competition or, or the race or if you won the boxing competition, the winner would receive this wreath. And, and at that time at the Ismanian Games in Corinth, it was a wreath that was made out of cucumber leaves. And so they would wrap those together and they would put it around the head of the champion. And, and that way they knew, they knew who the winner was because the winners were the ones who wore them 
and only the ones who wore them. So as they were doing this, they would be reminded that that this wreath, this wreath is going to fade. These leaves only last as long as we understand leaves do today. And they wither, and they crumble, and they die. And Paul says to us, be reminded that as you receive this perishable wreath, that there is a greater prize, an imperishable wreath that will not be lost. It's not going to get dusty. It isn't going to be put away in some trophy case. Because that's the struggle with perishable prizes, is that once you receive it, you need another one and another one and another one, because that prize is only as good as the off-season is. I mean, think about it in sports, right? As soon as a team wins the trophy, they have all off-season to brag about being the champion. But then it goes in the trophy case when preseason starts up again, doesn't it? And you have to do it again and again and again. And so many times in our lives, we run after trophies that never satisfy us because once we win that trophy, then we have to win the next prize and the next prize and the next prize. Once we hit this accomplishment, we have to get the next accomplishment and the next accomplishment and the next accomplishment because if we don't, somebody else will. And it gets exhausting. But the reason we run after them is two things. Number one, we run after them because we get to enjoy them and show them off, right? Like, like, we get to brag about them, and then we also run after them because other people will glorify us when we win them. Other people will acclaim us when we are the greatest or when we make that accomplishment. And they'll go, yeah, look at what they did. And because of how we feel and how they react, we run after perishable prizes. But God says there is a better prize. Because the prizes of this world will bring stress, but the prize that God gives you will bring contentment. The prizes of this world entail striving, but God's prize entails rejoicing. This world, it's alone. You are seeking that accomplishment for yourself, but God's prize is what comes when we are together as the body of Christ. This world's is temporal. God's is eternal. He says, run for the right prize. Fix your eyes on the right prize. And so he finishes and says this, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Do you notice here he says basically that there are two types of athletes. There are two types of people who compete. There are those who compete who are aimless, untrained, and unfocused. And then there are the athletes who are disciplined, trained, and focused. And those are two very different kinds of athletes. They're the athletes who are, are running aimlessly. They're, they're boxing and shadow boxing, and they're, they're going through all the motions, but they're not accomplishing anything. They're, they're kind of doing it off to the side, or they're thinking about it and saying, you know what, I should really be a part of it. And then it runs through their brain, and then they stop. They just go through the motions, and they box the air aimlessly. And you can't win anything by not actually being in the game. And he's saying, get in the game. Don't just beat the air aimlessly, but actually be a part of what's going on in the church of God. And then he says they have to be trained. And there are untrained athletes, but untrained athletes never accomplish anything, right? Like you don't just show up to run a marathon. If you do, you're probably not finishing, except maybe in an ambulance, 
right? Like you train to accomplish the marathon. Or the old adage that athletes hear, which is champions are made in the off season. Or the best athletes are the athletes who are waking up early and are working late at night when nobody is watching them and nobody is cheering for them and nobody is urging them on and they are just doing all the work without anyone even noticing it. And yet, many of us as Christians leave ourselves untrained for that race of faith that God has in front of us, just hoping we can just figure out a way to make it through it. And then unfocused, where we lose focus and we keep turning our eyes from this prize to this prize to this prize to this prize. A couple of years ago, I was at the Chinooks game. I don't know how many of you have gone to a Chinooks game, but I love the Chinooks game because they always have so many of uh, different competitions that are going on in between innings. And one time I was there and I was sitting at a table with some of my friends and they came up and they said, would you come down and do the tire race? I think it was after the fifth or sixth inning. I'm like, sure, I'll come down and do the tire race. And so, so you go by the first base, uh, the first base dugout and, and that's where the Chinooks are. And there's three of us that were lined up, myself and another lady. And, and we get our tires in front of us and they say, okay, you have to, to push this tire all the way to home plate. You have to round home plate and all the way up to the third base. And third base is the finish line. So, so he goes, on your mark, get set, go. And we take off and I'm pushing that as hard as possible. And the guy next to me is pushing it as hard as possible. And, and when you round home plate, it gets really tough because that wheel starts to wobble. And, and finally, we cross the finish line. And, and, and not to brag, but I crossed first. And so, so but, but cross the finish line. And as I looked back and the guy next to me looked back, we realized that we were the only two who crossed the finish line. We're like, where did she go? And then we looked back at the first base dugout and we realized that as she was passing the first base dugout, she uh, must have taken her eye off of the tire and looked at the gentleman in there and thought that they were cuter than her tire was because she stopped to talk to them and she never finished the race. She was unfocused. She lost the focus of what, well, she had her own focus, I guess you could say, but, but she lost the focus of what the race was supposed to be all about. And because she lost the focus of the race, she never finished it. And there are athletes who are unfocused and don't finish because of it. But Paul says, be the one who is disciplined. And he uses that word discipline. It's interesting that that word actually means uh, in the Greek to, to bruise somebody under the eye so that you would be bruised, you would be hit, you would be punched or knocked out underneath the eye. And if you think about it, that's what athletes do, isn't it, to their body? They submit their body to all sorts of pain and struggle and difficulty. They eat correctly so that their body is in prime physical shape so that they can accomplish the task that is in front of them. They discipline their body and enslave their body to the goal. And Paul is saying we need to be enslaved to the goal that God has for us. Our body our mind, our spirit, our time, our energy, our very life should be enslaved to the one thing that truly matters. We need to be disciplined. You and I, we need to be trained. And that means sacrifice. Training means I sacrifice time, I sacrifice energy, I sacrifice effort, I sacrifice everything because I know that the race is not easy. It's difficult. There's temptation, there's struggle. There's a loss of focus, and so I need to be trained for what God has in front of me. And we need to be focused. Focused on what God calls us to. There's many a day where I'll go out in the backyard with my son, and I will pitch baseballs to him. 
And uh, as I've been pitching baseballs to him lately as a, as a six-year-old, I will notice that when he misses the baseball, when he swings and misses, oftentimes, 90% of the time, it's for one reason. It's because as he's swinging, instead of watching the baseball, he's watching where he wants the baseball to go. And he is trying to hit a home run with every swing. And so every time he swings, he puts his eyes up there instead of his eyes down here on the ball and he misses it. And every time I have to remind him, David, the only way you're going to hit the ball over the fence is if you watch the ball hit the bat. Focus on the ball, not the fence. Focus on the ball. And then when he starts focusing on the ball, he starts hitting it again because he's focused. And Paul reminds us that if we want to finish the race, we need to be focused. One of my favorite scriptures of all times is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and therefore is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Saying, if we want to endure that race, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on the eternal prize. Not the one that you see all around you. Not the one that you're always striving after. Not that those things are bad. But God says there is a greater prize that He has stored up for you and for me. And you and I, we can run after so many other prizes, whether it's prizes for our companies or prizes for our jobs or prizes for our homes or prizes for our lives or prizes for our children. We can run after a whole bunch of different things. We can help our children win, win soccer trophies and athletic competitions and academic scholarships. And all of those things are good, but they are not good if they distract us from the eternal prize that is stored up for us in Christ Jesus. That there is one prize that is above every prize. And that is why Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 9 and the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if he's not your ultimate prize, every other prize will leave you exhausted. Because your refrain will be, you know what, I can rest when I finally get the promotion. I can rest when I finally land the sale. I can rest when I finally get the vacation. I can rest when I finally retire. I can rest when I... But that never comes. Because your and my eyes are on the wrong prize. Fix your eyes. And fix the eyes of your children and grandchildren on the right prize. Throughout this week... Our children have been using these three words, these three phrases, and they've been repeating them at every opening and I think every closing as well, which is gear up, get ready, and game on as we've been talking about sports. But I think that's a great model for us as well as the body of Christ. Gear up. Gear up in the Word of God. Gear up by putting on the armor of God as Ephesians talk about it. Gear up as you are reminded of your baptism and the repentance of forgiveness that comes there. Gear up as you receive forgiveness and grace that God has given you so that you have the correct gear for the race that you are about to run. And then get ready. Be ready for it. Spend time in Bible study. And, and so this fall, we're going to have Bible studies again. We're going to have some small group opportunities. We're going to have opportunities for you to be in God's Word. And we want you to be in those Bible studies, in those small groups, so that you can get ready. We want you to be in worship, not just once a month or every other week, but every week. We want you to be in prayer every day. 
Because we believe that when you are in worship, when you are in prayer, when you are in Bible study, when you are out serving, that you will be geared up for the game that you are about to go through in the race of faith. And talking about getting ready, we want to mark your calendars for September 9th. September 9th is uh, the the weekend after Labor Day, and and we're going to do some training right here on campus for those that are serving on Sunday morning. So for our ushers, for, for those that are serving in Jam, for those that are serving in Thrive, for other areas that are taking place on Sunday mornings, uh, we're going to do a, a training and we want to say thank you to our volunteers that morning. And so we're going to do a, a little celebration for our volunteers, but we're also going to do some training. And if you are interested in serving on Sunday morning as an usher, um, as someone who is able to serve communion, things like that, please come and talk to us because we want you to be a part of this. We want you to be ready. And so we want you to serve. But then it's game on. It means that it is time for us to go out and run, to be a part of this, to help get our eyes fixed on Jesus as we run the race of faith that God has marked out for us. Whether that's through prayer, Bible study, the Word of God, and then going out and serving both here in our church and in our community. And all of our ministries at Grace, that's what they're about. That's what they're focused on. They're focused on fixing our eyes on Jesus. Whether it's at Vacation Bible School or Jam and Thrive on Sunday mornings, whether it's our high school youth and junior high youth Ignite ministries that take place on Sunday nights, whether that's at Brown Bag Bible Study or G3 events or women's small groups or men's Bible studies or Brad Alice Bible studies, whatever that is, all of these ministries, our opportunities to go out and serve, all of them here at Grace are about fixing our eyes on the eternal prize that's found in Jesus Christ because nothing else truly matters. Every other prize goes in the trophy case and goes away. But the prizes that you have that come from Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ are the ones that last both now and forever. So fix your eyes on the eternal prize, the one prize that truly matters. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do confess that there are so many prizes that we run after in our life, that we strive for, and we do so over and against the one eternal prize. So Lord, help us to to give our all to be the best parents, the best husbands and wives, to be the best bosses and business owners and workers that we can possibly be, but not at the expense of the one thing that truly matters. And that is you. That's our relationship with you. So Lord, help us to prioritize worship and prayer and Bible study and service for the sake of the building of the kingdom of God. Help us to gear up, to get ready, and then to run that race of faith with our eyes fixed solely on the eternal prize stored up for us in Jesus Christ, one that has already been won for us and is ours through faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.